Welcome to Simple Truth, the teaching ministry of Pastor Eddie Turner and Family Worship Center in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Through the practical and simple explanation of God's Word, Pastor Eddie has taught the Word of God to thousands of people around the world. The following message is from a recent service at Family Worship Center in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Let's join Pastor Eddie as he shares simple truths from God's Word. Matthew chapter 7, Look what, listen to what Jesus says. Anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. Verse 26, but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it, it is, it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. On Sunday mornings, we've been teaching on the subject of being aware and being prepared for the storms of life. Being aware and being prepared for the storms of life. And I've shared this truth with you. Brokenness, unexpected crises... Accidents, crippling medical diagnosis, traumatic difficulties, family hardships, and unplanned financial emergencies are everywhere. Over the last few weeks since I've been teaching this, I can't tell you the number of texts and emails and phone calls and people stopping me when they see me and say, Pastor, you're not going to believe it, but the storm came last night. Or the storm has hit our family This week, listen, saints, accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior does not exempt us from the storms of life. Accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior does not exempt us from the storms of life. I really wished it did. I wish the moment we accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, immediately we were shielded from pain and difficulty. I really wish that happened. I wish I could promise that to you, but I can't. Nowhere in the Bible does it give us such a promise. In fact, Jesus told us this. Turn with me to John chapter 16. John chapter 16, verse 33. Look at John chapter 16, verse 33. Notice what Jesus says. Out of the New King James, John 16, 33. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you will have peace in the world. Everybody say, in the world. How many of us are living in the world? I met a person this week. I think they were from Mars. But most of us, most of us are living in the world. In the world, you will have tribulation. Jesus said it. Jesus never lies. He says, in the world, you'll have tribulation. The word tribulation there literally means distress. It comes from the word which means a pressing It presses, something that presses against you, or pressure, anything that brings pressure to our spirit, our heart, our emotions, anything that brings pressure to our life, that's tribulation. And Jesus said it's coming. Why? Because you live in the world, it's it's coming. Jesus warned of tribulation, distress, struggles, and that storms would come. He told us they were going to come. And even though Jesus, the Son of God, who's never lied, He's faithful to His Word, has told us that storms are coming. Most of us are woefully unprepared. 
spiritually, (coughs) emotionally, financially, and physically for the storms of life. Most of us are unprepared. Now, last week we shared why they come. Because people say, why does good, bad things happen to good people? And if God is so good, why in the world does he allow bad things to happen to innocent people? So last week we laid the foundation. Why does storm come? Let me just uh, review it for a second. Number one, we're living in a fallen world. Storms come because we're living in a fallen world. Unfortunately, because of the sin of mankind, there is no longer any Garden of Eden living anymore. I don't care if you do move to Florida. It's not perfect in Florida. All right? There's no place perfect where there's no disease, no death, no accidents, no tragedy, no trauma, no pressure, no difficulty, no hardship. It's not available on this planet any longer. Because of the fall of man. Job said it this way, and I don't usually go to him for references because he's kind of a downer kind of guy. How many of you realize that once you read Job, it becomes a job living victoriously? Job chapter 14 verse 1 says, How frail is humanity. How short is life. How full of trouble. Isn't that an encouraging word? How frail is humanity? How short is life? How full of trouble. So number one, we're living in a fallen world. We talked last week about number two. We have a lifelong enemy. Why do troubles come? Why do pressures come? Why does tribulation come? Why do storms come? You've got an enemy. An enemy. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Stay alert. Watch out. Peter said this. For your great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Notice the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, calls the devil our enemy. That word enemy literally means hate and hostile. Satan hates you. He's not your friend. It's not something to kid around with. People say all the time, me and the devil are going to party. Listen, the devil ain't partying with you. If he snuggles up to you, it's for one thing, to take your life. The word enemy means he's hateful and he's hostile toward us. Satan hates every child of God. He hates what we do. He hates the word of God that we believe in. He hates the Jesus that we trust in. He wants to destroy us and our witness. Notice he says he's an enemy looking for a Christian to devour. The word devour there means to drink down, to swallow up, to consume, to drown. Satan doesn't want to just harass you. Satan wants to destroy you. He wants to consume me and my family. So the storms of life come to Christians because, number one, we're living in a fallen world. Number two, we have a lifelong enemy. We talked about that last week. Number three, sometimes in life we make poor choices. It's not the devil's fault. We get ourselves in messes. Now, I know that's not popular in America today because it's always somebody else's fault. But let's be honest. Sometimes we get in the mess not because the devil made us do it, not because Adam and Eve missed it. We just blew it. We made the wrong decision. And the scripture I gave to you is in Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. Going back to the book of beginnings. Genesis chapter 4 verse 1. Now Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, With the Lord's help I've produced a man. 
Look at verse 2. Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it, came, when it was time for the harvest, verse 3, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his plot. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry, verse 6? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? Verse 7. This principle has always been in the book of the beginnings, Genesis, the beginning of mankind. God has always worked by this principle and He continues to work by it today. Verse 7. You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. And I shared this truth with you. When we obey God's word, protection and blessings are promised. When you obey God's word, protection and blessings are promised. People will come to me and say, call me and say, Pastor, I can't believe this. God just, God blessed me with this. God's given me this. And I'll say to them, if I know them, I'll say, well, that doesn't surprise me. You qualify. You qualify for the blessing. Listen, we can qualify for God's blessings or we can disqualify ourselves for God's blessings. You say, well, I thought grace. Well, I believe in grace. I believe grace is what fuels the whole engine. But at the same time, we have some responsibilities to live the godly life, the Christ-like life. So you qualify. The Scripture lets us know when we obey God's Word, protection and blessings are promised. But when we choose disobedience, Sin and Satan's dominance comes calling. Notice it doesn't say God's going to get you if you choose disobedience. He didn't say that. He didn't say God's going to... He didn't say, listen, God will bless you if you do right. God will curse you if you do bad. He doesn't say that. He says, God will bless you if you do right. But if you choose intentionally to do wrong, God's not going to get you. He doesn't want to get you. Satan's out there waiting for you. And you're going to get on his territory and he's going to come calling. Unfortunately, I've learned the hard way. This understanding. You can walk in sin and disobedience for a little while without consequences. I've learned that the hard way. You can get by with some stuff that is displeasing to the Lord without consequences for a little while. But eventually the trap will be sprung. And you will reap the consequences. Understand, Satan studies our weaknesses. And he's waiting for us to be lulled into a season of deception. And just when he gets us deceived, he will trap us and bring destruction into our lives. Being human, we're not going to get it right every time. I missed it two years ago. Sometimes, I'm just kidding. I miss it every day. Sometimes we make a wrong choice because of ignorance. And at other times we make bad decisions because the pressures of life come against us and we're under pressure and we make a wrong decision. Sometimes ignorance, sometimes pressure. But then other times we just are intentionally rebellious. We're intentionally rebellious. Sometimes in life we simply open the door and allow the storms to enter our life. Here's something else we've learned in this study. Storm preparation can only be effectively done in fair weather. 
If you wait till the storm comes to prepare, you've waited too long. All right? That's why I say to those of you who are living the good life right now, you're blessed of the Lord, you're highly favored, you're blessed going in, you're blessed going out, you're the head, you're not the tail. If good things and you're walking in the grace and the favor of God, now's the time to spend some time preparing for the storm that's coming. That's not a lack of faith, that's a reality check. Storm preparation can only be effectively done in fair weather. If you wait till the storm comes to prepare, you've waited too long. Routinely, we receive calls here at the office. Pastor, we need some assistance. We need some assistance. They called and they're going to shut off our electricity tomorrow. The storm hit. They're going to shut off our electricity tomorrow. Now, I've received so many of those calls over the years, and I understand that. We all get in the tough place at times. But I'll say to them, it's impossible. They can't call you yesterday and shut off your electricity tomorrow. They've got to give you a warning. Is this the first you've heard about it? No, well, they sent me a letter, I think, three weeks ago, but I didn't think they'd do it. See, if, if, if you wait till the storm comes to start building your shelter, you've waited too long. The challenge of storm preparation is that you must prepare for it when you don't need it. You must prepare for it when you don't need it. There's a lot of building going on in Murfreesboro right now. How many of you realize we're living in a boom town? It's building going on everywhere. They tell us, I read in the paper and I I talk to city officials, there's just not enough lots to build on right now. They've run out of buildable lots in Murfreesboro. And the prices are going through the roof. How many of you realize that? We're living in a great area to live. But there's a lot of building going on, but I don't see framers or concrete masons working in the pouring rain. In fact, I've never seen a roofer work in a hailstorm. They don't do it. They take cover. The time for getting prepared for the bad seasons of life is during the good seasons of life. The time of getting prepared. You say, well, what do we need to do? Here's what a life storm wants to do. Turn with me to John chapter 10, verse 10. This is the ultimate goal of a life storm. An unexpected crisis, a traumatic incident, a financial hardship, a terrible medical diagnosis. A family emergency. This is, this is the ultimate goal of life storms. Here it is. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's what it wants to do. It wants to steal from you, kill you, and destroy you. Jesus said, I've come to give life and life more abundantly. Life to the full. Life storms want to do t- four things. They want to discourage us spiritually. Satan can't stand a vibrant fulfilled Christian. He doesn't want you full of joy. He doesn't want you happy. He doesn't want your family blessed. He doesn't want you prospering. He doesn't want a Christian that's got a smile on his face and a song in his heart. Why? Because they are a danger to his kingdom. One of the first things the storms of life do is try to steal your joy. They'll try to steal your joy. Let me give you a verse of Scripture that's often overlooked. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 12. Isaiah chapter 12. 
Isaiah chapter 12, verse number 3. Listen to it out of the NIV. It says this, With joy, this is a wonderful scripture, With joy, with joy, everybody say with joy. With joy, the Bible says, you draw water from the wells of salvation. With joy. What does that mean, Pastor? The wells of salvation are, is in your spirit man. All the things that God has given you, all that He's promised you, healing, health, blessings, protection, comfort, assurance, guidance. That's in your spirit. That's in the well of salvation. That's all the good stuff that's in the well of salvation. How do you draw it out and get it working in your life? You do it with joy. You do it with joy. See, most of us are so conditioned to go to God begging out of crises. And when we beg Him out of crises, our faith level is way low. But when we do it with joy... Our faith level is high. He says, with joy, you draw, draw waters out of salvation. I tell you, it's a difference when you're praying for healing and you do it from a spirit of joy than when you do it from a spirit of pain and discomfort. Your faith level is higher. With joy. Satan can't stand you to be joyful. That's the reason he's attacking you all the time. He's bringing people to say things to you. He's bringing situations across your life to cause your joy level to go down. And if your joy level goes down, when you go and you need the things God's promised you, you don't really have the faith level to bring it out. That's why he says with joy, you draw water out of the wells of salvation. So he wants to discourage us spiritually. Second thing he wants to do, is wound us emotionally. When a storm comes, he wants to wound... Listen, emotionally healthy Christians are not victims. They are victors. Emotionally healthy Christians are not victims. They're victors. And victorious Christians are contagious. Victorious people attract people and help people get free. The Tennessee Titans were giving away football tickets. Why? Because they ain't won a game in so long, we forgot what, how to spell win. <laughs> Nobody wants to go see a loser. That's just human nature. Well, we need to love them and support them. You love them and support them. I deal with a lot of losers in life. I don't need to pay big money to go see more of them. Why do you think these Alabama fans are so rabid? Because they're accustomed to winning. Why do you think Vanderbilt's number one number one phrase is wait the basketball season? During football season, they always say, just wait the basketball season. People like to be around people who are winning. And emotionally healthy Christians are not victims, they are victors. Now listen, being a victorious Christian doesn't mean you don't encounter troubles. It just means the trouble doesn't win. (laughs) Doesn't mean you're not going through, it just means what you're going through is not going to defeat you. Whereas emotional wounds which never heal often paralyze and hold us back from being God's best. So Satan wants to discourage us spiritually. He wants to wound us emotionally. Listen, he wants to steal from you financially. 
Often the storms of life can be very expensive. From a child in trouble, a financial setback, an expensive medical diagnosis, it costs money to go to the doctor. Being caught up in a company downsizing, had a family call me just yesterday. Pastor, I've lost my job. They downsized. On and on, on and on, the ways a storm can take our money is endless. I look back there and see Dennis Cannon today, driving home from work one afternoon. Just driving home from work. Worked hard all day. Driving home from work. Drunk driver. Runs a stop sign. Barrels right into him. Spends days in the hospital. Incurs thousands and thousands of dollars of medical costs. Time off from work. Storms of life. Many times I've heard phrases like this. Just about the time I get my head above water and see the light of day, something else breaks down. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The storms of life want to discourage us spiritually. They want to wound us emotionally. They want to steal from us financially. And they want to destroy us physically. They want to destroy you physically. When it's all said and done, Satan wants to take you and me out. And if he cannot kill us, he wants to render us lifeless, sick, and useless in life. When we are sick and physically unhealthy, we are limited in being our best for God and for our families. So what do we do? We build us a storm shelter. We build us... Now, if you live in Oklahoma, you understand this is just a part of life. That's a cost. Here in Murfreesboro, we're not that keen on storm shelters. We just see them as an unnecessary expense until the storm comes. And then everybody wants to pile into that neighbor's shelter. We build a storm shelter. What do you mean? Well, if he steals in four areas, we need to build storm shelters in those four areas. Physically. Build a storm shelter physically. I'm not a medical doctor. I have the utmost respect for the medical professions and, have, and their knowledge and have some dear friends who are doctors. And I have a dear friend who is a medical doctor and I never will forget the day he called, Amanda confirmed this, and said, Pastor, I come to church and you teach me spiritual truths which are benefiting my life and my life of my family. I'm asking you now, Pastor, to come see me and allow me to teach you some things about taking care of yourself physically. Because I want you to be my pastor for a long time. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. It says this. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. You know, for years I took it for granted and eat what I wanted to eat. I, con- I constantly kid about Butterfinger blizzards and, and that is my vice in life. I hadn't had one in a long time, have I? Had to be at a wedding last night and I had the most beautiful cakes and I was asked three times, don't you want some of this cake? Don't you want some of this cake? I lied. I said, I don't want any. (laughs) I didn't need any, but I really wanted some. But I've struggled with this weight thing. 
See, I've discovered in the American way of thinking, I'm not overweight. I'm under tall. (laughs) It's not my fault. It's the genetics in me. I'm entitled to be seven foot six. In fact, today, I identify with a seven foot six man. And if I can find a bathroom for seven foot six people, this five foot seven is going to that bathroom and ain't nobody going to stop me. Now, I might not be able to reach the urinal, but I'm going in there. I'm just being honest with you. I've struggled with it all my life. And it's just an area that I must constantly work on. But I have a responsibility to work at it. To constantly work at it. Why? Because... He said, with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. But he doesn't promise us long life unless we're obedient, to, to be obedient to the laws of proper laws of nature and nutrition. Okay. We can't go 16 hours a day and get no rest. And we can't eat whatever we want to eat as much as we want to eat and expect the long life promise to come our way. Remember what he says? If you do right... You'll be blessed. He wants to destroy us financially. One of the major contributors of emotional trauma and relationship difficulties in life is money problems. Amanda and I deal with couples constantly. We're counseling couples, giving spiritual support to couples every week. And one of the issues they all deal with, just about everybody, is money woes. Money difficulties, money problems. From birth to the grave, money touches everything we do. Generally, we spend more time in pursuit of money than anything else we will do in life. Therefore, a proper financial plan is a must for a storm shelter to be prepared for the storms of life. A proper financial plan. We are thrilled here at Family Worship Center to offer Dave Ramsey's financial peace. And we not only offer it, but we have experienced mentors and trainers and financial mentors who will help you. If you have never gone through this program, I would like to encourage you to give two hours a week for just nine weeks. Even if you're on good financial footing right now, it would do good to tweak where you are and go through this program. If not this program, some type of wonderful program that helps you plan good stewardship. Because a storm is coming. It's coming. And one of its purposes is to steal from you. And you need to have a good financial plan. Luke chapter 16. Did you know the way I handle my money is a direct correlation with my spiritual vitality and health? Look at Luke chapter 16, verse 10. If you are faithful in little things, you, Jesus said this, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, 
If God can't trust you with financial blessings, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? He's literally saying the way we handle our money, our stewardship of our money, not how much we have, but our stewardship of what we have is a perfect picture of our, fi- of our spiritual health. Okay? So Satan wants to destroy you physically. He wants to dis- steal from us financially, emotionally. Our emotional health is very important to God. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Notice what he says, spirit, soul, and body. Man is a threefold being. Man is a spirit. He possesses a soul. He lives in a body. Your spirit is your heart. That's what connects with God. That's the one that's born again. Your soul is your mind, your will, and emotions. God's not only concerned about your spirit being born again, He's also concerned about your mind, your will, and emotions. And the storms of life bring stress, anxiety, fear, difficulty sleeping, not having peace, worrying, nervous breakdown, they used to call it. All of that has to do with the emotional health of mankind. I'm so encouraged with the advancement in place of Christian medical, mental health professionals. Mental health professionals. There was a day in the church that counseling was taboo. You didn't go to counseling. If you went to counseling, you were weak. But thanks be to God, that is changing. Family Worship Center is so honored to connect and partner with Branches Counseling Service. And not only do we connect with them and support them on a routine, regular basis, their executive director, their main guy, their primo donna, their number one is a member of our church and speaks here often. And, and Branches Counseling Service combines both psychological and psychiatric treatment in a Christian worldview. And they're available to you. To help prepare for the storms of life. So, how do we build our storm shelter? We get our, start doing proper things physically. We get a good financial plan in place financially. We make sure our mental health, our emotional health is good, healthy, strong. And then finally, and this is where the church helps so much, is spiritually. Spiritually. Your spiritual life is the one part of your life that's going to last forever. Your physical life, your body's going to, ding, it's going over. Though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. Your financial life, you're never going to take anything with you. You're not taking that house, you're not taking that boat, you're not taking that car. You might enjoy them and love them, and I love those things as well. But they're not going with you. They're not going with you. Your emotional health. What we get all tore up about tomorrow over somebody said something at work, 10,000 years from now, we're not going to remember that and it doesn't matter. The only thing that's going to last through eternity is my spirit man and my spiritual health. And if we're going to build a strong spiritual storm shelter around our life that will not get defeated, one of the 
tragedies is watching good Christians who start out with the Lord full of faith, full of joy, full of His peace, full of His grace, end up shipwrecked because something came and disrupted their life. So you've got to build your spiritual life on a good foundation. Go back to the Scripture and I'll... I'll start to close. Somebody said, you closed three times last week, Pastor. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start to close right now. (laughs) Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it's like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in, torrents and floodwaters rise and winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it, it is foolish. They are a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. A Christian spiritual foundation will determine their ability to survive the storm. Did you notice both were nice houses? Both of them had gotten built. Both of them heard the word. But the one that heard it and obeyed the word was the one whose house survived the storm. Not because it was prettier, not because it was more expensive, but because it was built on a proper foundation. How is your spiritual storm shelter built? What is the foundation of your spiritual shelter? Is your foundation feelings? Are they feelings? Well, I feel God. Well, that's wonderful to feel God. I believe you can feel God, but some days He don't show up to make you feel good. What is your spiritual storm shelter built on? Is it feelings? Is it somebody's acclamation? I mean, accolades towards you? Is it some crazy thought you hear on talk radio? Is it some... Somebody giving you a like on Facebook? Is that what encourages you spiritually? Or is it the Word of God? Matthew seven twenty four. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it, it is wise. They are wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Listens and follows. Listens and follows. Listens and follows. I'm getting ready to say something old school. And not very trendy in our culture. What I'm getting ready to tell you is not accepted on college campuses or even in the judicial halls of our land. Anyone who says I'm about to say, anyone who says what I'm about to say is considered archaic, non-progressive, and out of touch with the mainstream of our society. But listen to me. Your life foundation will not survive in the coming days unless it's built on the Word of God, the Bible. Okay? I know that's old school. I know it's old school. I know it's old school. I know it's not mainstream today, but it's the truth. So number one, the Word. What is my storm shelter, spiritual storm shelter built on? Number two, as I continue to close, Psalm 91. Psalm 91, verse 1. Those who live in the what? Shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Thus I declare about the Lord, He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust Him. The King James calls it the secret place. 
Psalm chapter 91, verse 1 and 2, and the King James says this, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. This week I had a pastor of a church of 3,500 contact me and say, Pastor Eddie, can I come spend some time with you? I said, well, sure you can. He said, I need you to help me to get back to the secret place. See, this pastor had become so popular as an author and as a church and as a speaker. He had become so financially blessed, yet he became so busy, he lost his way to God's presence. You see, everything you see on TV is not blessed of God. Big crowds is not the only sign that God's anointing is there. Likewise, some of you can't remember the last time you slowed down long enough to get into the presence of God. You're living on a past spiritual experience. Some of you haven't slowed down and taken enough time intentionally to get in His presence into the secret place. You can't remember how long it's been. You're still living on an experience that happened years ago. And it's time to get your spiritual storm shelter built. His Word and His presence. His Word and His presence. So as I close, can I encourage you to do what I've encouraged people for years? To exercise a very simple system. I call it the double 15 discipline. The double 15 discipline. Would you take 15 minutes a day to read a little devotional, to read some scripture, and then take another 15 minutes a day for 15 minutes of prayer? If you'll do that five days a week, The double 15 discipline. 15 minutes of Bible study or devotional. 15 minutes of prayer. If you'll do that five days a week, you will develop a real strong spiritual foundation in your life. Well, Jesus said, could you not tarry with me one hour? Listen, I would just love to get people to spend 15 minutes with Him. If I can get Him... People to spend 15 minutes. If I could get the majority of you to take 30 minutes out of your day, 15 in the Word, 15 in prayer, in the presence of the Lord, I guarantee you it will create such a hunger in you, I won't have to tell you to go longer. You'll just automatically go longer. Did you know that there are 168 hours in every week? Every one of us have 168 hours, whether we're tall, tall or short, fat or skinny, beautiful or ugly, Educated or not educated, we all have the same amount. 168 hours a week. Can you invest two and a half hours of that 168 hours in something that will last you for an eternity? You spend 40 to 50 hours making money that in three weeks it's going to be gone. Can you spend two and a half hours in something that's going to last forever? A hundred thousand years from now as we stand in the presence of the Lord, those truths and His Word is what's going to still be in you that you learned in your prayer closet. There are 10,000, 10,000 and 80 minutes in every week. 10,000 and 80 minutes in every week. 
Every one of us have 10,080 minutes, short or tall, fat or skinny. Educated or not educated, rich or poor. We all have 10,080 minutes every week. Can you invest out of those 10,080 minutes, can you invest 150 minutes in your spiritual life? 15 minutes of prayer. 15 minutes of devotional reading. Five days a week. It will change you for eternity. Thank you for listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Eddie Turner. Please join us at Family Worship Center, 3045 Memorial Boulevard, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, when you are in the Middle Tennessee area. You can also learn more about FWC at our website, www.familywc.com. Thank you again for listening to The Simple Truth.